Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. A reminder that we are on Patreon, so for as low as a dollar a month, you can support us in getting technology and equipment that can help us produce the best show possible. Today's guest is Sabrina Shokovsky. She is the host of the podcast Pretty Sure, based out of France. We talk uh, about what life is like as a podcaster and her own journey as well as what her experiences were like living by herself during COVID and what that looked like. Her mom actually was with her for two months. Uh, I really enjoyed having her on the show. She's a wonderful person, and I hope to speak to her again. Thank you for listening. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered, this is An Open Mind, and you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Right, we have with us Sabrina Shokovsky. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, you're I'm right. Doing, I'm doing the thumbs up here because you know getting people's names right is important to me. Fortunately, I was given a very easy name, Robert Grant. So you know, people people don't seem to have a hard time messing that one up. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, now you are on the show. Pretty sure that's your podcast, and it's 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 an interesting take because you incorporate that title into every episode, like, you know, pretty sure I shouldn't date a narcissist, for example, you know, something along the lines there. How did you come up with this idea? I actually have to give my mom all the credit. So it was supposed to be called something entirely different. I can't even remember the name, but I never really, I think it was instant experience or something like that. I never really liked the name. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go with this and see what happens. And my mom was visiting me last year when I was launching my podcast. Uh, she actually got stuck over there in France with me for two months, which was nice, but also... You know, it's not nice to be in this tiny apartment with your mom for two months straight after living alone for seven months, right? And so one day we were talking and I was like, mom, I don't like the name of my podcast, but I cannot for the likes of me think of anything better. Mm. And then she kind of said something along the lines of, oh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get it. And then something just like clicked. And I was right. like, wait, repeat that phrase again. And she's like, pretty sure you're going to get it. And I was like, that is the name of my podcast, pretty sure. And she's oh. like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say that we podcasters are an interesting uh, yoke, right? We, we, the way we see the world, we might have this extroverted shell, but I think there's a degree of introversion in all of us to sort of, you know, we're thinkers, right? And I know with, with my partner and my, my family, they'll do things and I'm like, hold on, just let me do what I got to do. And they're kind of like, all right, like he's in the zone. So you're kind of always in this, we're always thinking, we're always thinking of ways that we can grow and create. Um, where do you yeah. find your, your inspiration for the episodes that you come up with? I love that question because I think I get it from everywhere. So sometimes it's just I'm talking to friends in the moment or I'm chatting with someone on Instagram and they'll say something and I'm like, I wonder if many people think about that or I'll do a story like yesterday I just did a rant on step siblings and something they were saying about my podcast. And actually a friend of mine, she texted me and she's like, oh my God, you should do a podcast about this because you saying that, you know, reminded me that I have actually heard a lot of these stories. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. And from that same rant, you know, another podcaster messaged me and she's like, hey, I'm actually going to do a story on like the black and white sheep of the family and I'd love mm. you to participate. And I'm like, sure, 
program down. So really it's just from like everyday things, things that happen to me or things that someone says. And I'm like, Ooh, that could be a good podcast episode. So you're talking about the black sheep and the white sheep. Were you the black sheep in your family? Yeah, my extended family thinks I'm the black sheep. They don't understand what I'm doing. They're like, oh my God, you're 26. You're still single. You're like traveling the world. You're like doing this online thing. Still not making money because I'm a podcast coach. You know, it's still, I haven't cracked the whole thing. I've had to do a lot of inner work. And so they're like, oh, you're not doing anything. Like what, you're just doing content. You're just doing like podcast episodes. Like, what is that? So yeah, my whole extended family thinks I'm a bit nuts. My mom and dad, they're kind of like, well, we don't get it, but like you do you and we'll see what happens. But like my extended family is like, what the hell is this girl doing? Right. So yeah, always been the black sheep. Well, it's it's interesting you mentioned that point of, you know, this sort of this grind as content creators, whatever you want to call us on the internet. Um, but it's the, the only kind of historical, sort like, because I'm a historian, I love all that stuff. I'm a geek. But I liken it to the gold rush. You know, mm-hmm. we hear about gold. The internet is this new wave of a gold rush. We hear about, you know, in San Francisco, there's gold. So everybody goes there to in the search of gold, these, these dreams. And there's people that are ripping them off, you know, like they're charging $10 for a cup of waters they're getting in San Francisco. But people will pay for it because they think they're going to find you know, a million dollars. And the internet's like this, you know, people are taking advantage of, you know, young entrepreneurs such as ourselves, you know, pay a hundred dollars for Zoom and, you know, X, Y, Z. But it is the same, you know, we have these ambitions, but not everybody's going to make it, right? Especially when there's like millions of us who are kind of doing it. So we have to do things. We have to find our niche and really work towards that to make it in this unprecedented time of like I say it's it's like a gold rush you know and not everybody's gonna find gold yeah 100 percent. and I think a lot of people don't really get that because we're still like entrepreneurship really just boomed in the past couple of years right like beforehand I think I was just talking to a friend about this like before when you would think about an entrepreneur it was this like old 40 year old 50 year old man that white like, dude started yes that started yeah. a company back in the day and then now he's rich so you think of entrepreneurs as that and everyone else would just be like oh I'm in corporate or whatever it is or like I'm a freelancer and they would be like the weirdos doing freelance and the past couple of years it's become kind of a boom of like oh I'm an entrepreneur what do you do oh I'm a coach oh I'm this oh I'm that Mm -hmm. but there's still the people that think oh the only way to make it is if you're in corporate right and so I think add podcasting into the mix and it's like well yeah there are these celebrities that are making money but like you're not gonna make money you know so people are still pretty skeptical about those things so what would you say your because I did see the one episode I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to it but it was uh, pretty sure you don't do this when you're podcasting. So what would you say your niche is? Are you a podcast coach or are you like, what, what is your sort of your stake in this gold, this internet gold rush? Yeah. So I'm trying to find the happy balance between being like a podcast personality. Cause that's really what I want to do. And mm. like a speaker and all of those things, but at the same time, make money, you know, helping people actually do this for a living. Right. Cause I honestly do believe everyone should have a podcast, maybe not like the entire world because that would not be viable. But if you think about it compared to Instagram, like there's every single person on the planet 
give or take a little bit that has an Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. So why isn't podcasting kind of the same? It's the same thing, like you're sharing content, you're sharing pictures, but in this case, you're kind of like sharing a diary with the world, right? So I'm of the belief that everyone, or at least a big part of the world should have a podcast. So I'm trying to merge both personalities. Like I'm the doing, but I'm also behind the scenes helping people do the doing. So it's like finding this happy middle. You know, like Sabrina, that's such an interesting point. And I apologize if I don't flesh out this idea properly, but you're saying words the effect of, we all have something to share. This is what I'm hearing. We all have something mm-hmm. to share. We all need to share it. And then you got to think about the, 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 the repercussions of that, you know, 1% of the world has all the money, all the power, you know, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, all these rich assholes. So the problem with that is if everybody's doing it, then really the way things are distributed is going to be completely revolutionized as well. You know, the way I'm getting information is no longer from the blockbuster films that I'm supposed to go see. It's whatever content it is that I want to indulge myself in and there go it's kind of there's almost this dare I say this kind of Marxist sort of milieu around it that everybody's kind of getting this opportunity and the hope is is that the playing field will be kind of leveled out Mm -hmm. but I wonder if that's really going to be the outcome because it also does seem that you know with COVID the rich have just gotten richer right so what are you what are your thoughts with that poorly fleshed out idea. (laughs) I think that's definitely an interesting concept. You know, you have to also consider the things that not everyone is going to do it for business, right? Like the same thing with Instagram people. And I love to mix it. And I love to say that example because Instagram is like the one example that's kind of like where podcasting is right now when Instagram was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where we're all going towards because you hear of a lot of people just wanting to talk about themselves, launch podcasts or do those things. But at the beginning, you know, there was just these bunch of people that were like, I'm gonna open an Instagram and let's see what happens. They weren't thinking about business. They were just thinking about like, I want to share, you know, my art or I want to share like what I do every day with my friends. That's kind of the same thing, right? You have to think not everyone's going to make it a business. A lot of people are just like, well, I want to do a hobby of this. Like, I want to have a diary. I heard the other day a guy that was talking, uh, he was giving an interview and he's like, I'm launching a podcast literally for my son. So I'm going to be talking about like my stories, my grandparents' stories, my parents and everything so that it lives for prosperity. And like when my son grows up and he doesn't have those people in his life, he can still hear those stories. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. So, you know, there's different ways of taking podcasting that doesn't necessarily have to mean I'm going to spend hundreds of thousand dollars a year and make it a business, right? It's just, it can just be this like fun thing of, I'm just going to go online, share my story and whatever. If someone, you know, connects with it, great. Like with blogs. Yeah. But like, this is what I love about it is I've always been, I've always enjoyed conversation, you know, and and learning ideas and sharing ideas, but, but hearing them, like, I've always loved being a student. Like I said, I'm a geek and you know, if I can make that what I do for a living, it's like, dude, why not? And, and, and I always kind of make the joke of like, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people that are like, you know, why are you doing that? That's so stupid. Well, why are you working in, uh, you know, a, a sawmill for 40 hours a week? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, cause I got job security. Well, who cares, man, do what you want to do. 
You know, I tell the kids that I work with, I'm the most uncool person they've ever met because I, I, I do what I, I like to do. I wear Lion King shirts all the time, right? Don't try and be cool. You will fuck up your life if you just try and be cool. Be yourself. That's yeah. my message for kids. As, as a registered counselor, I don't say you're going to fuck up your life to children, by the way. Yeah. that's just for the podcast you yeah. don't you don't curse in front of children nobody curse in front actually of children sometimes again. i do because kids tell me heavy things and i'm like you know what man that would make you feel pissed off and they're like yeah it does people what's lacking in life i think is authenticity and just being real like oh, we're yeah. so worried about hurting each other's feelings like like i said beforehand i was like sabrina don't worry about hurting my feelings just be real you know, there's so much pretense of we can't take, we can't, we see feedback as criticism, as an assault on our character. But if we want to get better, we have to take feedback. That's the only way that we grow. So now where was I going with that rant? My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> but, but really, it comes down to we have to be real. And when you're real with kids or with adults. Yeah your life just becomes so much better. But when you're, you're fake and you have pretense and you're hanging around with people you don't want to hang around, guess what? You start to feel miserable, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I've been that. I've been the type of person that's like, oh, I'm just going to post like highlight reels of my life on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to see, like show you guys traveling and do this and that. And like, I'm super happy. Ha ha ha. And in the background, I'd be, I don't know, crying because I broke up with someone or like crying because the latest dude I was talking to ghosted me. But I would be like, I'm fine. Life is fine. Like I'm living it up in Paris. And then, you know, when I started my podcast and I started talking about all these things, people were like, wow, I always thought you had the perfect life. And I'm like, well, nope, not even close. Well, so yeah, you moved to Paris and I'm sorry, but instantaneously what comes to mind is a show I haven't seen, but Emily in Paris. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now now that show, I, I hear it's, it's kind of like sex in the city or whatever. But is that the reality? Is that the life that you were living or not at all? I mean, to an extent, because I was working in fashion. So I moved over there to study fashion. And then I was going to fashion shows, working behind the scenes, talked to a lot of models, guys and girls. So, you know, I got to see yes. hot boys <laughs> of the daily, but also really nice clothes and meet designers and party. And, you know, obviously I worked out a lot. So I looked good. So I got mm. to go to these clubs for free with promoters where I would get free tables and right. service and drink and all of these things. So in a way I was living it up. But at the same time, I was just like in this kind of toxic environment of not necessarily using people, but I would say, oh my God, this person has like contacts in the club. Like mm. I'm going to go talk to them because then I can go out or like, oh, this person knows all the cool people. Like let's hang out and talk about just random stuff, but never actually go deep. So in a way I was living the Emily in Paris lifestyle, but in a way I also wasn't because I mean, at least she had genuine fun, right? Right. So, well, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of jewels in what you're saying here. I mean, it sounds like there's kind of this social currency and, and it can actually be almost existentially robbing. You know, we, we, we can have a lot of, uh, a lot of clout. I don't even know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of friends or whatever, but they're not necessarily real friends, you know? And as I'm getting older, I think you, you know, you're, you're, you're younger than me. I think you're 26. You'd mentioned. Yeah. Uh, as you get older, you realize, okay, 
who do I really want in my circle? Like, is this person making me a better person? Because I can tell you from experience, I used to have a lot of friends, but I don't anymore. You know, I was having a good time. I was living the high life and don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun, but you know, I, I, I don't know if it was nourishing of the spirit yeah, it comes with a price, right? Like right. it's, you have all this fun, you get these things for free, you go party, you go live it up. But at the same time, it's like this kind of cycle where mm. you have to keep doing it because the minute you stop, you're like, well, shit, my life doesn't look like I want it to look like, right? And if I, you don't stop and you continue, you're just like, woohoo, life is fun. I'm distracting myself. Everything's amazing. Yeah. I, I liken it to the, you, you ever see the horses and they yes. have the little blinders on? Like now I get that expression. If I just look straight ahead, everything's going to be great. Well, that's just one aspect of your life, you know? And, and with COVID, I know it's been very difficult for a lot of people, but I have, I have seen it as an opportunity to kind of open my eyes, reevaluate what I'm doing and, and ask myself, is that what I want to be doing? So what, what have you gotten uh, out of, out of COVID? Oh my God. What have I not gotten? <laughs> I feel like yeah, last yeah. year, last year and this year continues to be crazy. I've unlearned and learned so many things, let go so many people from my life. And I guess like toxic behaviors that I didn't even know I still had, because, you know, like you mentioned, it was the year where everyone was still right. Mm. So in Europe, you can travel fairly easily because things are cheap, or at least they used to be. I don't know how it's going to look like now. Hope doesn't, you know, get expensive, but you could just book a flight for like 30 euros and go to Poland for a weekend or you know take a train as well with the discounts or sales or whatever and go to the south of France for a weekend chill come back so it was really nice to go traveling and all of those things but people were in this constant state of go 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 that no one really stopped to think you know wait is like this what I want from my life is this where I want to be what do I want to be doing am I happy have I dealt with like past issues relationships friendships or whatever it is and I think it just slowed everyone down to the point where they're like well shit yeah (laughs) my life wasn't as amazing as I thought you know and that happened to me I had a pretty hard year I started my business I was doing branding realized I fucking hated it (laughs) but it was what I was thought like what I thought I was good at and I was good at it it wasn't that I wasn't good at it but I just realized one day I was like I despise what I'm doing why am I doing this still (laughs) despise it not making money and I'm still putting hours and hours and like I would have a weekly meltdown of I suck my life sucks why am I doing this back up to yes this is fun I'm my own boss to this sucks So it was kind of this moment where I was like, wait, what do you really want to do, Sabrina? Like, stop and think for a second. Don't care about what you studied, because obviously that is also a factor that influences people, right? What did you study? Oh, you have to work in what you studied. And even though we see these teachers, because I had a lot of teachers in the university that they were like, I studied art or like, I don't even know, psychology, and now I'm in fashion, Like you see these examples, but it isn't until it happens to you that you're like, do I even have to use my degree or does it just like a rite of passage or something? And so that was also a thing because I, when I started the whole podcasting thing, I knew shit about podcasting. Like I did, I could not even tell you how audition worked, audacity. I was just like, cool, sound waves. That's like a nice little thing to look at, but what does it do? I have no idea. 
um, not the clue, not the slightest clue about podcasting. And when I started, I was like, oh my God, I actually love this. Mm. Can I do this though? Cause I feel like I'm just like an amateur beginner, whatever it is. And then when I let go of all of that and I was like, who cares? You're a couple of steps ahead of people. People are already asking you just try and see what happens and do it. You know, I was super happy. I was like, oh my God, this is actually working. Like I feel really good, but that's cause I let go of Oh, I studied communications and fashion. Like I have to work in fashion, right? Right. Well, and, and and I think you mentioned that in in one of your episodes, you're talking about education and like I love science, but I'm an idiot. So you know, trying to learn science in school, I was like, uh, and it's like you have to be smart. You have to be smart in order to do this. And math, yeah. I love math, but you know, and until I was like in grade six, I didn't know how to do multiplication times tables. I still don't. I still have to look at like, you know, you know, the analog clocks, I still yeah. have to look and be like, shit, is it like, is, <laughs> is eight o'clock almost over or is it just starting, you know, <laughs> but I'm not an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. And, and if you have passion in something that should be your key to doing it. Right. Not because it's some weird elitist thing, like, well, you need to be an A student in order to become a doctor. Right. What if you're passionate and you have a willingness to learn? Why can't that be the inch? Well, that, and obviously you need a lot of money to become a doctor, right? Which is, that's another subject. But anyways, why yeah. can't that be the key to the door, right? Yeah. And then, and, and, and furthermore, I look at, you know, Instagram and stuff and the algorithm, I've totally fucked with the algorithm, right? I think it thinks something like a 44 year old, uh, you know, african-american woman from uh chicago or something like that or, or that mixed with like a new york uh stock exchange investor right because i get all this stuff about bill gates and jeff bezos and it's like if you want to be this person this is what you have to do and it's like well hold on what if i don't want to be anything like those people and then i get other stuff which is like hey that's actually more of what i'm into like all this different i see myself as a, as a kind of left-leaning person and it's pulling me in this other direction and I guess it just brings it back to who are we really and and this is that's the longest setup to the question that I wanted to ask you is what is it that you want for your life oh my god that's a hard question to answer um I think the easiest way for me to start is since I was a kid, don't ask me why, I've always wanted to be famous in some sort of way. When I was like eight, I thought I wanted to be like the next Victoria's Secret model. Again, don't ask me why. I have no idea. I just love like the little wings. Didn't think anything beyond that. I was just like, I want to be them. I want to go strut my stuff and be recognized. I thought modeling was like the best thing ever. Once I worked with models, I was like, shit, people treat them really poorly. I do not want to be that. Thank God I wasn't there. But, you know, that's what I thought. And then afterwards, I was like, no, I want to be a famous painter. And then I was like, no, I want to be like this famous agency owner. And I'm like, well, maybe I want to be a famous podcaster or speaker, you know, but it's always been this kind of thing. Maybe not famous in the sense of like, I want to be Jennifer Aniston, but like have recognition, right? You know, have maybe my story in not newspaper, but like magazine or people recognizing and saying wow I want to be like that person because she followed her dreams or like oh I want to you know be bold and dare to do what I want like this person who actually made it so I think that's the basic essence of what I want 
what it is with um with what I'm gonna achieve it I have no idea currently it's podcasting maybe in a year it's like something entirely different but the goal is I want to kind of like inspire and people to aspire to maybe not be me but do things the way I've done them it sounds like now you know we're we're there's a parallel here because when I was young I always wanted to be an actor when I grew up and much to the, you know, the chagrin of my parents, because I pretend I was in movies and like <laughs> and action movies, of course. But I think there's, yes, fame would be great, but it's almost like, what do we do with fame? I mean, you know, yeah. because fame is actually, you look at, at it and if you don't know who you are and you become famous, it's, it looks like it's a pretty dangerous fucking place to be right? To not know who you are and become famous. And then you're trying to examine that. I mean, look at, you know, just look at the Biebs, right? He had it, he had a lot of trouble transitioning from, you know, being a kid to where he is now. And I think that that would be psychologically tumultuous for anybody, right? Is, you know, uh, it's Sunday right now. If I go to the store in my sweatpants and a sweatshirt, I'm praying to God I don't run into anybody that I know. But if you're famous, you can't do that, right? It yeah. doesn't matter where you go, people are going to see you and they're going to be like, oh, and it's kind of like God effect. And I think that that can be numbing and you can understand why very famous people can become so incredibly disconnected. And so I guess to me, it's like, yeah, fame's great because we want to be the best at what we do and get paid for what we do. But it's like, what do we do with that? And and what you're describing is you want to inspire people, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you having said that and me taking the time to just consider things, I think it's really important where you're saying that you need to know who you are. And I'd like to think that's why I'm not famous yet, because I didn't know who I was until now. I'm still kind of discovering it. So who knows? Maybe in a year people will listen to this podcast episode and that'll be kind of like the catalyst, right? Of like now she's super famous. And then, you know, she was talking about all these things. I don't know what the future holds, but I do believe, like you said, maybe that's the reason why I'm still not famous or like my podcast hasn't exploded or like whatever it is, because I'm not ready for it. Right. Right. Well, and and the other thing too, is that it's, it is nothing without work, right? These people that are super successful, that is what they do. And, you know, as, as human beings for, for, you know, we always forget that we're, we're animals, right? And there's certain things that are instinctual of human beings. We're social creatures for one. And the idea that, you know, we always kick ourselves in the ass for it's like, ah, shit, I totally took that for granted. But that's in our nature. It is in our nature to take things for granted, right? Mm -hmm. So when we go against our nature and we're thankful for where we are now, that can be incredibly empowering, right? Because I I have a, a younger daughter and I do get very much consumed by the work that I'm doing because I love it, right? I love it. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to wish it away trying to get to my my destination. Like I want to enjoy the journey. And if I try to fast forward to the destination, you know that that Adam Sandler movie, Click? Oh my God, And he fast forwards his life and then he misses out on his kids. I don't want that to be me, but God damn it, if I don't, realize that I'm, I am on that fence, you know, like I was looking at a picture of my daughter and I was getting man tears 
because it was like, you know, she's growing up before my eyes and it, it's like that, you know? So now where was I even going with this? The, 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 the process of understanding who you are, you, there's a book I'm reading right now, Malcolm X. And he says that my life has been one of change. And I, I strongly recommend that book to everybody. He, the whole book is a constant metamorphosis of who he is and his understanding, but that's who we are. Yeah. We're never just there. We never reach enlightenment. It's a constant process. You know? Yeah. If you think you've met it, you've done fucked up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, I'm there. Well, guess what? No, you're, you've, you've, you've exited one cave and you're in the next one. So, yeah. Exactly. We have to remember that. I think it's hard sometimes because you're just like, you see these people, again, these celebrities or these people that you look up to and you're like, oh my God, they have their lives figured out, right? Like they have everything, they know what they're doing. And then they come out and they're like, yeah, I had no clue what I was doing, but I did it anyway. And you're like, what are you talking about? And so this kind of like, again, it goes down to, well, shit. And that means that I don't have to have my life figured out. I just have to like figure out the next step. Right. So I think it's like this constant process. Have you, have you ever met like, like one of your most adored celebrities? I'm trying to think. I mean, I once went to a club and I met the cast of Hunger Games, but we didn't really have like this full on conversation. So mm. I can't really count that. But I did meet for the podcast. I did actually meet a really famous blogger that I looked up to for years. So we chatted and I was like, wow, it's so refreshing to hear your story because I like from the outside looking in I thought you had everything figured out and life was so glamorous and she's like it's taken me years to get here like I started off worse than you you know like I was doing 20 things at the same time I had no clue what a blog was and yet here we are 10 years later and I think what we also forget is we know these people afterwards so we don't see the beginning right for me I saw her when she was already famous and I started following her and when I interviewed her you know she had been at it for 10 years so obviously I was looking at her from the fact of like oh my god she has all of these things she has 300,000 followers I want to be her but then I never stopped to think well, yeah, but she started somewhere 10 years ago, right? Well, and, and, and back to, to your point, uh, I was looking at, you know, these are the 10 things that Jeff Bezos does. And, and you know, because the algorithms are like, this is what he's after. And I comment on it and, it, and I just say, you know, well, I don't want to be him. I want to be me, yeah. you know? And, and there's this idea of, I think it's easy, it's easier to master other people than it is to master ourselves because we have that example we're like yeah i'm gonna do that but we're not doing ourselves and when we start doing ourselves we realize it's a constant molting process i uh i i once met have have you ever heard of the band disturbed no okay well they're they're sounds very scary but anyways they're they're a heavy metal band and they were like i idolized them growing up and uh, one time I was, I was at this very hoity-toity restaurant with my wife in Maui called Mama's Fish House. And we're having a wonderful dinner together, her and I. And this guy sits down beside us, this, this bald guy. And I look at him and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like this. It was the lead singer of Disturbed, of the band. And the guy was like, he was sitting at the bar and he was with his wife and he's very human. And he was, he was, he got a phone call and, and this is a very, like I say, very expensive restaurant. 
And here I am, I'm sitting at the bar because I can't get a table. Well, he's sitting at the bar because he can't get a table. And he's on the phone. And he's like, apparently nobody knows who a, a, a modern rock star is, right? To his buddy on the phone. And, and I'm looking and I'm like, I know who you are. So I walk up to him after and my wife's like, just whatever you do, don't fanboy him. And, and she's like, I'm going to go to the washroom. So I walk up to David Draymond and I'm like, hey, man, I just want to say your music has changed my life. And uh, I don't want to interrupt your nice dinner here, but I just want to say thank you. And he was like, thank you, brother. Like he just put his arm, his hand on my arm. And like, cause there's this God effect when we see our idols, right? We just, we kind of shirk to them. And he treated me like an equal and his wife's like, oh, you guys got to get a picture. And anyways, it was such a changing moment in my perception that, everybody is just a human being yeah right across the spectrum of color money all that we we all share in common you know the fact that we can raise children and that we one day have to pass you know we we die so we have to live our lives and it was just it was an eye-opening moment for me so yeah, I can relate to that, you know, especially in podcasting, when you reach out to people that maybe have double, triple, quadruple you're following, right. a lot of people, they're like, oh my God, how do you do that? Like they, they ask me, right? They're like, oh my God, you've had all these people on your show. How do you do it? And I'm like, I literally just message them like if they're a normal person. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, hi, I love you. Do you want to come and talk about this on my show? And nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, I do. And so people are like, what, what do you mean you just messaged them? And I'm like, I literally grabbed my phone, <laughs> sent them a voice message. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? I've been following you for a while. Want to come on my show? And they're all like, oh my God, this is refreshing. Yes. And everyone's minds is just like, boom. You know, they're right. like, how the hell? Like, that's, that's like mind blowing. And I'm like, I'm just talking to people. Right. <laughs> so would you say then, like, have you always been a confident person? Or is this something that you've, you've discovered in recent years? This ability of, I'm just going to go for it. I was, but I think before I faked it. And then Mm. now I actually am. Because I've always been this type of person. And I think it's because of my parents or whatever. I don't actually know. But they always taught me, you know, whoever you meet, they're just people, right? doesn't matter if you meet like the CEO of whatever, the richest person in the world, just like go up to them, talk to them and everything's fine. So before I would be like super nervous about it, but I would still follow and I'd be like, okay, Sabrina, these are just people, go up to them, whatever, it's going to be fine. But I would always be awkward about it. And now I generally don't care. I'm like, screw that. Like, there's just people, if they say no, well, whatever, they're busy. Like, it's not going to affect me. So it's been in recent years that I've actually become truly confident. Still have a lot of work to do with that. I'm not always 100% confident, but I'm getting there. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's like the inner work. It's like figuring out who you are, figuring out, you know, why you're not confident, what's bothering you and all of these things. So it's, it's a work in progress. How do you, because, because, you know, as we both know, you, you send out lots of emails to people hoping to get them on. How do you uh, uh, experience rejection in this industry? I used to take it really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, when I would message someone and they wouldn't respond. And then afterwards I was just like, you know what? it's if like it's meant to be it's gonna be like if they're meant to say yes then they're gonna say yes and then I don't lose anything by just asking because I can win actually more 
And this is actually a recent experience which has happened to me, which was like right on the nail. So I follow this influencer. Her name is Toba Lee. She's like an author. She wrote a book called Fucked at 40, which is hilarious about her life story and like her marriage and all of it. And she hosts, I think, a weekly Facebook Live where she encourages people to send like their cringiest dating stories or like the worst thing they've ever done to people or whatever it is. And so I participated, I think it was like a couple of months ago. And I recently got an email that was saying, oh, your story has been selected to be a part of like a testimonial or whatever it is for the her upcoming book. We need a couple of details from you to finalize it. Are you okay with it? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Like go like my five seconds of fame, right? Like I'm in a book. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just sat there before I responded and I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if she comes on my show? And then I was like, you know what? I'm already speaking to this person. I have this contact who's telling me to send me their name and to send them my name and my city. I'm just going to shoot my shot. And I messaged and I was like, hey, I'm wondering if you would like, you know, if Tova would ever come on my show. I know she's really famous, but like, I think her story would be amazing. And at first I got a message saying, oh, it's not with me because I'm just her assistant, but I will send you her PR contact so you can talk to her. And I was like, great, this is, this doesn't sound good, but like, who cares? I'm just going to shoot my shot. I did. And then the first message I got was, can you tell me more about your show and statistics? And I was like, shit, don't have enough downloads. She's probably going to say no. And I said, okay, Sabrina, let's flip it. Flip it as, you know, you have to start somewhere. I know I might not have the downloads yet, but I will get there. I believe in this. And to my surprise, she was like, yeah, we talked to her and she's so in. And I interviewed her last week and I was like, holy shit. I literally interviewed this person that I've been reading their book and everything because I actually tried. And so that was just kind of like a reminder of me to be like, just shoot your shot. You never Mm -hmm. know, right? Like you never know. You hear all these stories of these people meeting people because they messaged or like, these stories of normal people messaging celebrities and then they're married and you're like, well, they shot their shot, right? Yeah. They tried. I love that. I, I, I'm going to borrow that and, and quote you the, the shoot your shot. Right? Yeah. Oh my God. And definitely do try it. It works sometimes, sometimes it won't, but in the end, like, well, for a reason. What, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where it's like, I, I've been given so many wonderful lessons in this last year and, there's a good friend in my life who uh, he's taught me the importance of honesty. And like you say, like, just, just be, just be honest. Like what's the worst that could happen? Obviously don't be an asshole, but just like, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget. Like I have the most amazing partner in the world and she wanted to go and see some friends today. And she's like, yeah, do you want to go do this? I'm like, well, you can do that, but I don't really want to. And it's like, hey, I'm honest, you know, and, and, and that's why, you know, we will stay together a lot longer is because I'm being honest, you know, and what's the worst yeah. that could happen? Somebody could be like, oh, well, you're a piece of shit and I never want to see you again. Or thank you for telling me the truth, right? Yeah. I, either way, you're sculpting who you want into your life by being real, right? And, and that's where the whole let's stop being so influenced by the people that we have as status and have the people that we want around us. And like you're saying, this, this to, uh, Togo. Togo, yeah. Togo, excuse me, Toga, is she's somebody you want in your corner, Yeah. right? Like, that's awesome. Yeah, and then also, you know, a thing to remember is it's never no 
forever. Right. It's maybe a no for now, right? Like maybe you grow your podcast or maybe something else happens and then down the road you have the opportunity again and then they'll say, yeah. So for me, it's never a no, it's never going to happen, but it's uh, okay, not right now. I'll try again, like maybe later down the road or like other circumstances, right? And 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 on that too is uh, I used to have like, well, I, I still have friends and they're not the most punctual and neither am I, which is fine. That just seems to be what millennials do is, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be right over. And it's like, can you just please be specific? But anyways, yeah. you know, I'll be right over. So you're two hours late. I don't understand. Anyways. I always have something that I can be doing so I'm not frivolously waiting for somebody. Like I'll have a book or I'll have something that I can do on my phone, but I'm never at someone's mercy, right? And kind of like what you're saying is if it's not right now, you're doing something in the meantime. You're not waiting around for that moment. You're going to do other things while that's, you know, in the back. Um, now, we never even got to talk about COVID-19. I was yet. about to say that. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so what what was that like living in, in, in France during COVID? You're away from your family and this scary thing developed. So tell us a little bit about your story. Oh, my God. It was crazy. So I was lucky enough that my mom had initially planned to visit me. And it, it literally just sounded like a movie, right? Like I went to Poland because I still remember I went to Poland with a friend of mine which we were all at the point where like, oh, COVID is just like a flu. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, they're closed in China, but like, it's still not here in Europe. Everything's fine. Came back from Poland. A week later, my mom was flying into Paris because it was her time to visit me. So she comes and my dad was supposed to join us the week later. And then three days later, full lockdown happens in France. They're like, no one else can come in. No one else can come out. You know, there's a curfew. You can't leave your house. And if you leave, it's maximum one kilometer and you stay for one hour outside with masks and all of that. And we were just like, what the hell? Like my dad could not come over. My mom could not leave. She was stuck there for about two months in my apartment. They're in Paris. But my mom was see. in Paris. No, my mom was in Paris with me, but my dad right. was flying out a couple of days later. And then in the middle of that, they're like, no, no one comes in, no one comes right. out. Right. No flights, everything was completely shut down. And my dad was like, well, I guess you guys are going to stay over there then. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, there has to be a way to leave. And I'm like, mom, literally, like, you can't even leave your house. Wow. How do you want to leave the country? Right. So, so your mom was stuck. This is when your mom was with you for two months. Yeah. So my mom was stuck there with me. Um, I'm grateful for that, even though she drove me a bit crazy, but I'm grateful I wasn't completely alone because I would have gone mad. Like I would have gone bonkers. I hadn't done all of the inner work at that point. And I really do think I wouldn't have been able to just like deal with things by myself. Mm. but having her there you know we still joked around we had Netflix I was busy launching my business podcast but then we had the chats I had someone to go to the grocery store with um you know our once every two week trip to the grocery store because we didn't want to risk it and get COVID right (laughs) or someone to talk to and not feel alone because even if you do connect with people on Zoom or have interviews or whatever it's not the same as having someone there like touching your arm or hugging or whatever so I'm very grateful she was there but it was definitely hard um that's why it kind of came over before the second wave hit because she left after that she left and I stayed over the summer I was like you know what I don't want to go back I don't want to get you guys sick I'm staying over here like it's at least a bit controlled we're free to go out yes wearing masks but like life is kind of back to normal and it did it did get back to normal for a while so we had the entire summer 
um, as a country to kind of like travel within France and like go to the Seine River and drink wine with friends and everything. And we all, I guess, <laughs> exaggerated a bit, which caused the second wave to right. happen. Well, that's like um, here too. Yeah, Canada, we kind yeah. of like lost the whole, oh my God, it's COVID. We were just so happy to be able to be out and go yeah. to restaurants and like chill and hang out that we were all like, fuck COVID, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Everything's <laughs> yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. And then October happens and I started seeing the signs that they were going to a second lockdown. Right. And so I was torn between, do I stay and risk it or do I go visit my parents in Mexico where I'm not going to be alone? And so I struggled with that decision for a while until I thought, you know what, screw it. I feel like something's going to happen. And if I don't go now, I might not be able to go for Christmas. And then that's going to be truly heartbreaking for me. So I just decided to go. And I came here since October. I'm in Mexico currently. And now I'm stuck for the second time I've been in Mexico. <laughs> but you're stuck with your family. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is not that bad. And, you know, we have a house here. So at least I have like a little garden where I can just chill there. Or it's not like we're sharing a room, right? It's like, if I want to be alone, I'll just lock myself in my room for an right. hour or whatever it is. And no one can bother me. Whereas there, it's like, we're sharing the same space. Like I would have to lock myself in the bathroom to be alone, right? <laughs> Because it's how big was your apartment in? in so it's in, two rooms. It's the living room, kitchen, and then the bedroom. Wow! But you know, so I probably was probably nine hundred square feet or something like that. I don't know how that how much that is, but it's twenty eight square meters. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like yeah. it's tiny. Yeah. Cozy. And yes, I mean it's nice for one person, but yes. obviously two people it gets a bit crowded. And, and that so, second person being your mother, of course. Yes. Right. And so I was working in the living room, but if she had to cook, like she had to be quiet or she had to right. lock herself in my bedroom when I was recording a podcast. And so it started getting a little bit tedious, which after that, I was like, screw that. I never want to have a one bedroom apartment, whatever it is I do, like two bedrooms and up because I need my space. Like yeah. I need a little office or I need something. This is not working. And yeah, I've been here ever since. Don't know when I'm going back. Mm. It's a bit I don't know like it's I, I'm not too torn about it because I was already thinking of leaving Paris but at the same time I'm kind of like okay I didn't come prepared I don't have my stuff I'm running out of like my cosmetics how do I get them they don't have those options here you know like my comforts I'm just like right. I feel like I'm a tourist here I'm not even in like residing in my own house you know well yeah I mean like that is a pretty interesting way to think about it I mean because well how, how long were you living in Paris for it's been seven years now wow so really yeah. that kind of that is home yeah yeah like I'd come back to Mexico once every year two yeah. years or two sorry twice once or twice every year for about a month a month and a half for like Christmas or the summer and then I'd go back so I was always just staying here for the moment you know I'd visit my uncles my grandma and everyone and then I'd go back and then now I'm kind of like back in my, let's call it childhood home, living with my parents. And I'm like, great. Like, I don't have my stuff. Like, I have some clothes in my closet, but we talked about it. I feel like I've been wearing the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't have like nice backgrounds. I'm constantly asking my mom to like shoot the stuff for me or like take pictures. So I love nice. the background you have right now with this, <laughs> this wonderful <laughs> plant. Oh, yeah. No, I. Yeah. I'm currently inside my parents' storage closet, which wonderful. is my, my recording studio since I came here. <laughs> well, yeah, wonderful. Well, I was doing, uh, there was that house party app 
And yeah. I was, you know, I was stuck at home with my my young daughter and uh, and my wife. And I was in the boiler room and I was having, you know, beers and stuff with the people, but they're like, are you in the fucking boiler room of your house, Rob? I was like, well, yeah, I could be loud in here, right? Because I can be a little bit boisterous from time to time. So now the interesting thing about this, I mean, I feel like there's a story here, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good, good content that, you know, years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to look back at these two months that you were stuck, pent up with your mother you know, yeah. and, and, and the, the assisted evolution that came with that, right? Like, I can only imagine that that must have brought you and your mother closer together. It did, but it also had us fighting a lot. Cause obviously <laughs> when you're with a person full 24 yeah. seven in a small space, you get to know everything even right. more. And then you get annoyed by the little things they do. So my mom's a perfectionist and she's like a clean freak, but I say that endearingly. She's always like rearranging things and like everything has to be perfect. I have my own way because I've been living alone for eight years. And so it was like, this has to go that way. And I'd be like, but that's not my way. (laughs) So we'd have this, this constant discussion of like, no, it looks prettier this way. And I'm like, but that's not functional. So it was fun, but it was also stressful. And yeah. And, 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 and to your point, I mean, you know, you guys have a big blowout. Where are you going to go? Exactly. I'm just going to go in the closet and look in the corner, you know, (laughs) and then shut the closet door behind me. Yeah. It's, but, but I've also heard that people with really, you know, really big houses and stuff, sometimes, you know, I don't have the stat to back this up. I've only heard this, but the stats that there's a higher chance for divorces in bigger homes because you can just, yeah, Google that, you know, look into that. Don't take my word for it, but there's, there's a correlation because you can just go in your room and just, whatever not have to face the confrontation versus in smaller spaces it's like okay well i can only sit and stew you know in my bedroom for so long before it's like okay let's try and figure this out especially if they have to come back and sleep in the bedroom yeah (laughs) you can lock them out for a day or something (laughs) exactly yeah and communication is so huge and i think that that's been one big wake-up call of this you know covid thing is who do we want to be spending our time communicating with, right? Yeah. And the ones that we live with, we're forced to be with them, right? Like, I, I've also heard that from COVID, a lot of people, you know, now they're actually living with each other. They're just like, yeah. fuck, I hate this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating for dramatic effect, but you really get to know the person when you turn off the distractions and you're like, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, hundred percent. I was hearing that as well. You know, there's a lot of people that either got really close together and they're like, oh, perfect couple or a family or whatever. And a lot of people that were like, shit, we never spent more than, I don't know, three hours a day together. And now we hate each other. So after COVID's done, like bye to each other, you know? Yeah. And it's it's like, what a, what a, what a precarious place. Yeah. We'll go for a divorce when this thing is supposedly all over, which could be in three years. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? You might figure it out by then too. Right. Yeah. So, oh my God. COVID's been crazy. So what, uh, what are your hopes for the future with this whole thing? <sighs> Great question. I think, I think I would love for people to be more aware of what we're doing to the planet. Mm. 
So that's one thing, because, you know, you read all of these things where oceans were cleaner and like rivers were cleaner when no one could go out and skies were bluer and all of those things. And now people are slowly going back to it. So that's one thing. And the other is really, I guess, for people not to lose sight of who we are, because I think a lot of people have learned that lesson in the past year, either being alone or like forced to stop going out and do all of these things and really look within. So I think I hope... People don't lose sight of that and just continue on the journey and not just be like, let's go back to our old habits. Right. Let's all go get drunk every single day at clubs right. and like party and everything's fine. Yeah. Well, and, and you've mentioned that you're sort of on the fence too. When, when you're able to go back to, to France, to Paris, do you think you're going to stay or do you think you've, you're like, you know what? I think it's time I go elsewhere. I don't know. I'm still on the fence on that. Mm. I really, really want to move to Canada. I've been wanting to do that for a couple of years now. Um, last year, I couldn't apply for the visa I wanted because I didn't have the work experience I needed. I'm hoping now, one year in business, I have the experience. I mean, they don't have to check pay slips or anything. They just have to know that it's registered. So fingers crossed. But now I can finally apply. And I guess at this point, I'm just going to leave it up to life. I'm just going to leave it up to, you know, if I meet someone and I end up staying cool. I get the visa and I end up leaving cool so I'm just gonna be like I'm gonna go through the process see what happens and then decide I love that you know again it's kind of to be present in in the moment right not to the what's the saying the best laid plans of mice and men right you know it's oh in five years I'm gonna be married I'm gonna have two kids and then five years comes and you're like shit right it's like don't set a time limit on things just let life kind of let the chips fall where they may, but also, you know, do protect yourself, right? Have some sense of security. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking it as a sign that every person I've met in the past couple of months have been either Canadian or related to Canada in some way. So I'm like, Hey, maybe it means I have to move, but at the same time, I'm like, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm meant to go back to Paris, Mm -hmm. meet an amazing Canadian man, fall in love there and stay there. Who knows? I'm just like, I know Canada has a role to play in it. What it's going to be, I have no idea. We'll figure it out. Well, if you if you find yourself moving to the west coast of Canada, uh, it'd be great for us to work together. So yes, for sure, yeah. I'll definitely hit you up if I'm in Vancouver next time. Well, Sabrina, I, I was just looking at the time, and uh, it, it's it has simply flown by. We're at 46 minutes, so I, I'm going to have to whet uh, the appetite of our listeners. And uh, we're going to have to have you back on again. So thank yeah, you so we'll much for back. your time. Well, yeah. thank you. Sorry I interrupted you, but thank you for having me on here. It's been a great conversation. Did, did you have any, any last words uh, for our listeners? In terms of what? Any specific topic? Yeah, just anything in general or, you know, I'd be mentioning your podcast. I'm pretty sure they need to check that out. <laughs> Yes, pretty sure you need to check pretty sure out. Um, Yeah, so two things. One, definitely go check it out. I do talk a lot about things about my life about other people. If you don't want to learn from me learn from my guests. I've had incredible guests on there. They have the most amazing stories. I've had people, you know, that built a business from jail. I've had people that have been Paralympians after like big struggles and those things. So just go check it out. Send me a message if you want. I always respond. And another thing, so by the way, it's Pretty Sure Podcast. So you can just look at me up on Instagram at Pretty Sure Podcast or on every platform. Literally, I made sure I'm everywhere. 
<laughs> since I'm not sponsored by anyone yet, you can find me literally anywhere, even in the Indian ones. Um, I don't know the names, but I know I have listeners in India. So yeah, there you go. Um, and the last thing, like a little personal message is don't be afraid to be who you are, because I know I lived in that for a long time and I'm happy I'm over that. But yeah, just don't be afraid to be who you are. Awesome. Sabrina, thank you so much for your time. Uh, like I said, it, it, it happened very quickly. So I, I, I hope we get to speak again soon. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to come back. So just, you know, let me know. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Once again, that was Sabrina Shokovsky. I really enjoyed speaking with her. Uh, this, this, this idea of wanting to be the best that we can be and almost to be, you know, famous or whatever, but we're still humans. We're still human. Really reminded me of the story of Marcus Aurelius, who was a, a Roman emperor. And of course, Roman emperors were viewed as, as godlike back then and wherever Marcus Aurelius went he hired an assistant or the story goes he hired an assistant that when someone paid him a compliment and said how wonderful he was his his, his assistant would say you're just a man you're just a man and would constantly remind him of his own humility this writer in enjoy coding underscore by at Iman writes they say two things define us our patience when we have nothing and our humility when we have everything. And I think that speaks to what we're all after. At least it speaks to me and how so often I just want to rush to the finish line. But when I get there, it's like a, then what? Did I enjoy the journey? And furthermore, when I get there, what am I going to do next? Am I going to give back to my community? Am I going to give back to my friends? Or am I going to continue living this myopic life? We talked about success and how people can become disconnected from the human experience. And that is something that I think only results in a certain death. And you can be dead long before you die. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.